0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a hospitality platform that empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships directly through their website. Opening soon listeners save 40% on the setup fee at getbento.com slash opening soon. That is G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com forward slash opening soon.
0: This week on Meet and 3, we're examining the true cost of convenience when it comes to when, where, and how we eat.
2: Dark stores enable workers to eat without any kind of thought to how they're getting their food or how it might have come to be.
3: DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft in the past have pledged to spend $90 million to try to exempt themselves from the law.
0: I could be wrong, uh,
1: but I, I think there's going to be significant regulatory
4: pushback on driverless trucks.
0: Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hi, and welcome to Opening Soon on Heritage Radio Network. I am your host, Jenny Goodman.
3: And I'm Alex McCreary.
1: And if you're just tuning in, this is our second season of Opening Soon. It's a weekly show that will walk you through all the steps of opening a restaurant, from your idea to getting those doors actually opened.
3: And if you don't already know who we are, we are failed restaurant owners. Uh, we're now successful workwear makers at Till at NYC. And we're really excited that this is our second season. So our first season went really, really well. And I feel like we got a lot of great information for all the young restaurant entrepreneurs out there. Um, and we're doing a little bit deep, deeper dive into some of the same topics. We're broaching some new ones. Um, if you want to catch up on what we've done so far, you can obviously you know check on your podcast app and go through season one. You can also check our blog on our site as we post um, wrap-ups and some key points from, from each uh, episode that we've done. And so for today, uh, well, I guess... This season, we started talking about finding financing in a couple different ways, as well as uh, taking the jump into ownership, and now that you've got that in place, it's time to start thinking about nailing down your brand and your design.
1: Yeah. So today we have some experts with us. Um, We have Amy Morris of the Morris Project. She is a James Beard award-winning designer who does branding and interiors, as well as Camille Becerra, who is a chef and a food stylist and a recipe developer who lives in New York City, and she has over 20 years of restaurant experience. Um, Camille just Makes absolutely gorgeous food and really nails um, thinking about things in a holistic manner. So I'm super happy to have everybody here today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I've been a fan of your show. It's so much fun to be in the studio, (laughs) seeing what you guys are doing. Truth be told, Amy like sent me notes on season one, guys. It's uh, I'm not even. I'm not even. She would be like, I listened to like episode four, five, and six on my flight to London, and this is my song. (laughs) I listened to it when I travel. I love it, which I which is great. So I'm like so. Happy you're here. Thanks. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, I want to jump in talking about creative process. Um, so maybe Amy, we'll, we can start with you. Tell us like when do, should people start getting in touch and when should they start thinking about the creative process right. for their brand and
2: I mean, I think anyone who's creating something, there's a story behind how that got started. And I think that story is very significant and they should start recording it as soon as it comes to life. And even we were talking you know, at lunch and Camille was telling us a bit about her story and she was ta- giving us key words in yeah. her story. Even that is useful, but any anything that makes you stand out, record that. Anything that's very close to the heart... Just start taking notes on your story. That's very important. Keep that. Even if you think it's not time to write it down yet, write it down because you'll come back to it and find really salient points that will come back into um, your branding. Um, Also, keep a mood board. Start collecting images. It's so valuable as well. Um, Because visual language and verbal language are very different. What white or clutter means to you is different to me. Um, Or maximalism. Um, Also, think about your scope. Uh, one thing I also recommend is start asking everyone you know about printers. They're a very important yeah. part of the branding process. Yeah. So, you know, try to find sources that are really good.
3: Um, when do people, like, how far out are people normally coming to you? Are they coming to you with enough time to, to do, you know, what you can do best, what's best for them? Or are they coming in two yeah. months out from opening? We get,
2: we get all um, right. kinds. I mean... Typically, branding would take, I would say, three to four months, and that last month is all about the print print production, so test running, making sure you have what you need, and the templates and the mm-hmm. right printer. Um, and then interiors take six to eight months, um, but we have done both in a month. So but don't call your designer with a month's notice. No, like, no. I mean, you are not gonna, You're not always going to get the best work. I mean, right. something of like course. Seed and Mill, we did that design very quickly at Chelsea Market, and yeah. it was just so... It, you could see immediately what they were missing with their first designer and what needed to be done I mean it didn't have any the part of the story that it was from the Middle East and the color and the arches and right. you know all of that character um, we wanted to bring into it and I'm working on a project right now that it's a wine bar opening in Williamsburg called Cosmico from Tammy and Felipe Donnelly Yeah, from we'll, uh, we'll opening preview there. Yeah. so they needed to do it very quickly because this opportunity came about and we're doing it while we're producing while we're designing it we're also things are being approved and they're going right to the printer mm-hmm. so we're finding a way to make it work it's not the best way to work because creative is not on tap yeah it evolves and every day we come in as a team and we look at that creative and we have new ideas to- ways to evolve it. So you want to allow that time for the creative to evolve, to be the best it can be. I
1: I like that you said, and you said that at lunch too, like creative isn't on tap. So like for Camille, for you, like, when do you start when you're coming up with, you know, starting a new business or starting a new restaurant or, you know, entering into the space, like, when do you start with your creative process? When does that happen for you? And how does that tie in with?
4: Um, Really in the beginning, even before I take on a job, I really try and understand what it is, and how I can how I can apply what I've acquired throughout my career to it. And so, um, <clears throat> before I take on the job, I, I have a clear understanding of um, if you know the partners in in the project and I align mm-hmm. on an a- aesthetic, um, and that's really important as a chef. Yeah. Like if you don't align with your partners. Um, in a very basic aesthetic or way to eat, then there's really no point in taking the job. You have to be very careful
1: about that. We've talked about this a lot with like partner alignment and vision alignment. And it's like, if people don't have the same vision, you just shouldn't work together.
4: No, it's, you're going to waste so much time. So, um, so that's first. Second, um, I think that to me, it's super important to make sure that the whole experience um, is aligned. So, um both the design of the restaurant has to go with the food and i don't mean like specific like you know if i want to do japanese style food the restaurant has to look like a japanese restaurant no i'm talking about there's a certain lifestyle that people are attracted to and that uh, that is like falls into how they eat and how they want their environment to feel and i think that that's really important
1: that's a really, I mean, that's an interesting point is I think that design has gone, you know, for both food and place has gone from this, like, very literal place to sort of this more, like, lifestyle place where, you know, like, what you just said is, like, I want to eat this beautiful food and this environment even, you know, it doesn't have to look like, well, know, We call it, it, it the kind. third space. Okay. So you spend yeah. a lot
2: of time at home. And right.
1: And sp- spend a lot of time at
2: the office. But you know you, there's a place you want to go to gather with friends and right. do a little extra work and it's neither home or office in in New York a lot of times it's a restaurant or a cafe yeah it definitely
1: and so is. they become
2: it becomes your local and so you want it to feel that way right. you want it to feel have a personality and resonate with you
3: and at the same time there has to be a, a lot of functional balance to everything right i mean it's so important the chairs have to work the chairs have to be we've talked about this it's kind of a reference point we make a lot of, of the 45-minute 45 the 45 chair versus the 15-minute right. chair. They're they're very different feel and they're for very different uses. You, you want a hard, uncomfortable chair for people that because when you're it's trying long, to turn right. that chair in 15 minutes, that's yeah. what you want. But then if you are encouraging a tasting menu that's three hours long, you better have a chair really, that's true. not going to hurt your butt when you sit there for three hours. So, and, or, then, and then you have to bring that into the feel of, of the restaurant, whether it's mid-century Roman, which we talked <laughs> about earlier. Um,
2: Also, the flow. I mean, that's one of the first things we work on. And not all designers love doing floor plans, but it's something I love. I geek out about. Even a 600-square-foot space, I feel I could come up with probably five floor plans for that. Yeah. And there's so much to think about. You do want people to move through it like they would move through their home, where there are different nooks and spaces where you want to sit from a communal table to a cozy, cozy corner. But also, on a business decision, you want to have a space that you can privatize. So... De Maria, we did these banquets that cornered off the front of the restaurant so you could have Vogue could come in and do a breakfast there, but right. the rest of the restaurant remained open because Camille had a real following, and people wanted every day, wanted to meet there and have breakfast. And if you're always closed for private events, right, then your locals can. get upset. So it's important to have a place you can privatize while keeping the restaurant open.
4: Yeah, and then also a very big part of... Uh, deciding where you're going to or who you're going to partner like even before that is understanding your neighborhood what neighborhood are you in and do you know how those people want to eat is it you know a neighborhood that lends itself to like a lot of global travelers or is it more of a neighborhood spot like you have to have your community Mm -hmm. that lives in that area or is there most of the Time, you have to understand and connect with them.
1: Yeah, that's It's funny because Camilla Marcus was on the very first episode of the season and we talked about fundraising. and She was like, Your investors are people who live in the neighborhood because they want a place to go. So it's, I yes. mean, from a design perspective and who you're, yeah, who you're like. There are very serving.
3: few establishments, I think, that can survive and thrive Without as being locals, no? 100% destination. It's, there always has to be some element of the neighborhood, especially if you want to feel like you're bringing in some element of community into what you're doing, which I think everybody wants to do, right?
2: Well, I think that's where some restaurants have made mistakes coming into a neighborhood, like like Fort Greene is very much a neighborhood, and not welcoming the neighborhood, but being more focused on the Manhattan crowd. Right. Right. And then where is the longevity there?
3: Right. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a a basic question, I guess, but are there different levels to hiring a designer that, that chefs can do, or is it like all in full package or are there different ways that you can get logo branding and those kind of things that that'll help along the process or
2: yeah we try to work I mean there's so many great chefs out there that you want to work with and not everyone has that big budget so we do have different ways both interiors and branding to work with people at different levels i mean it gets a little boring to go through it but one of the interiors things is you know the architect does the measurements of the design drawings instead of us okay so we'll do all the design and the drawings but this is a very technical thing that takes a lot of time but if the architect wants to take that off our plate and do it they usually do it at a much cheaper rate than us that could save money for the for the client
1: And then what about like brand, because I think we talked a little bit before and I was asking Camille, did you do, have you like always worked with a branding person? And you mentioned no. And like sometimes you have. So if people can come to you with branding already done and tell me like how that works, Amy, if somebody comes to you with like some branding done and then you like go off the interiors and... I mean, if they already have the branding yeah. in place and they want interiors after that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's part that's, of the brief, you know. So yeah. when you want to f- learn more about the story, you want to learn more how they got that branding. Right. Um, and then I would, if you already have branding, I often ask do you have a brand positioning? So something that kind of, or a creative direction that speaks to the branding. And it's really surprising. Most people who have branding do not have a brand positioning and do not have a creative direction. Yeah. It's like a lot of people will say, oh, the agency just thought this was a great direction or my friend did it. So they miss that piece that I feel is the most important piece is getting to know the person and the personality and the core tenets of the brand and then making sure everything aligns with that. So sometimes if someone already has a brand identity, we try to back into that and understand what is the story and how is it communicated through this brand right. and if it's not being communicated well then how do we change this a little bit and refresh it to communicate well
1: yeah and going back to a little bit about the creative process so like camille when you're coming up with a brand do you do these things like the mood boarding and the writing down of the like you know core tenets and what you are you know what are you're wanting to communicate to the Dine, the diner or the guest or. Sure.
4: I think that with each project I've done, it's really been a very different process. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, we didn't have a brand... Like, it's... I feel like it's very new for restaurants to have a branding agency, especially small restaurants. Yeah. Like, you get into that when you're, like, big corporate brands. But now, smaller restaurants are... Um, I guess with the with the social media perhaps you yeah. know brands or restaurants want some kind of brand identity and so in the beginning we just you and the and your partners would just sit down and and figure it out and understand what was important in terms of the food and what was in term important in terms of design and those were sort of the brand elements and you just did it and but now I think it's so much easier, obviously, to have an agency that just is specific in, in what they do. And um, you do bring forth a lot of ideas. And I think that it's when you when you hire somebody to do your branding, you have to embrace it as a collaboration yeah, Absolutely. and not as like. This is my idea and I want you to do it or please just do it right. on your own. I, I don't have time. Like It is a beautiful collaboration and um, it should be... It should be done that way.
2: That's one piece of feedback I would give people. Is yeah. People never want to give feedback when you're presenting creative because I think they're afraid of hurting the ego or right. insulting someone. And when I say this, I'm truly honest. When we present creative, there is no ego because we want the client to be happy and we really want to hear what they don't like and what they like. That Camille's right. That's how you're going to get the best creative if there is a dialogue. If there's right. no
3: dialogue. I'm surprised you've seen that because I feel like yeah. Most chefs and restaurant that we interact with are very willing to share their opinion. And yeah, it's interesting. Whether good or bad. and um,
4: Well, it's also a very new thing for chefs to have to do, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as
1: you were saying before, it's like chefs are, you know, you have to be a marketing person. You have to be, like, you have to understand design. You have to understand what's right. beautiful to, like, your diners and all these kind There's of things. There's always that different you levels, and to... we've
3: talked a lot about, like, yeah. focus in almost every episode. It comes up to some degree. And if I think if you intrinsically have you know Camille's ideas of what design should be or what the branding can be, then obviously yes, you can do that on your own. But if that's not your core focus and your core focus is you know, yeah. you know finding great people or um, making incredible food, but you know, branding escapes you and you're just not drawing those things, then there are great solutions out there. And I think the collaboration idea is, it makes it a lot fun. of sense. fun. It
2: makes it a lot more fun. It's you're a not partner. just You don't want to hand it's it not over. Not a vendor. It's your yeah. partner. If you're going to love your brand, you have to have, yeah. you know, it's your baby. You need to make that baby, be a part of that baby. Right.
4: Right. And I think the most important thing, though, is that you want to offer an experience to your customers. You want them to come in and enjoy the environment mm-hmm. and feel comfortable. And then you also want to provide a certain level of service. And you also want to give them good, smart Intelligent, delicious food. Right. So it's all about the whole experience. And so many times you go into a space and it's beautiful, but the food doesn't match right. it. Mm-hmm. Or you get um, delicious food and the space is not cute. Yeah. You know, it's really (laughs) about the whole experience. No, it is about, it's a holistic view of the experience
2: for sure. And that's the problem with Instagram really is that there are a lot of people out there creating Instagram moments, which I don't believe in at all, because I feel if you create this Instagram moment that does not match the food or the experience, it's just for you to take a picture then you're giving the wrong message to people. So you want to, you do want to be holistic, as Camille's saying, across yeah. everything.
3: But there do, ha- there, do, there does have to be ways for people to capture what they're doing, right? Because, in, I honestly, I feel like in today's world that's how people, people come discover. in the restaurant yeah that's good in yeah.
2: instagrammable means photographable right. right so just make it beautiful right. and make uh the food great and the service great so people are just enjoying where they are and they want to take a picture like they used to want to take pictures before instagram just right. because it's a great moment they want right. to remember
3: but there's details like lighting and like the reflective course, yeah. surfaces yeah. and yeah. The colors I mean, of the that plates was, so can,
1: and, that was yeah. an interesting thing we were talking about before cuz camille's food is like photographs beautifully, and I was asking, you know,
3: tastes great. As it well. tastes
1: great, and it photographs. Yes, very important. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's the whole, it's the holistic approach, it's the right? Thing. It's the whole thing. So, like, it tastes it tastes delicious. You want to eat it, but it also is beautiful. And so, we were talking, you know, is that something you think about in your creative process?
4: Yeah, very much so. And uh, you know, in the beginning, well, during Navy, um, which was in thirteen, we I realized that there was this new culture of everyone taking their pictures of food and how important food was to them or how important it was to, like, share this new place with your friends and followers. And I realized, like, we need to create these surfaces that are really beautiful. The tables have to be beautiful. That's something in food styling you always... It's always a you know the first thing you think about is the surface. Where's where is the food going to be on? Yeah, and so. And you have a bunch of
2: surfaces at home. It?
4: Camille keeps surfaces at my yeah. yeah well, <laughs> my 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 apartment is now a photo, like a food styling studio as well. Um, it, I don't have a restaurant, so I yeah. work a lot out of there. And so yeah, it's important to have beautiful surfaces, and so we. So at Navy, I realized, and then when we we started working with Amy and Anna, um, who was her partner before, we I was talking to them about like surface, like we have to have these beautiful surfaces, and um, they came up with a great solution because it we wanted it to have like some color but be natural a natural element. Well, the Uh, idea
2: I came up with was leather tabletops, and at first I was saying people really responded. Wow, I mean, that's never going to last. And how are we going to no, do that? No, I
4: loved okay. it. I was yeah, of course.
2: Yes. <laughs> You're a a girl,
4: so you My initial thought is like coming.
3: rings from your drinks. Like, how, right. how no, did so, you solve that problem?
2: Well, first of all, I mean, I'm reminding people that if you go to a, do a lot of vintage shopping, you see a lot of secretary tables with leather tops. Right. So obviously, right. there's a way. Right. So I looked into it, and there's a, a really heavy um, oil you can put on the table, on wow. the leather, and it maintains it. I was looking forward to having the, the rings. The ventina, so, yeah. Yeah, because some in, of that character
4: in food styling like sometimes you want that surface.
2: you don't want it so perfect right. yeah yeah but it the oil keeps them they were in better shape than the
1: actual banquette is i'm sure yeah <laughs> i mean really the oil so are there services that like now used to be popular and like used Cut, to be cutting block wood that, table yeah, is that like, a good or bad like what's a good
4: surface
3: is it difficult like, yeah
1: i mean <laughs> i it's
4: preference you know like it's so subjective my um, my ideal surface is very different than somebody you know and then you're working with budget as well right. like that's you know is. as long as as long as they're like i don't know i mean who knows who knows, who knows? as long as it's not
1: reflective that's now, the, the thing tip we got. i think
4: i think no yeah no surfaces. right that and as well like your plates and your set and your surface should Match in a way. Like, they should look to... They should be a, a family. They right. should, like, kind of right. go together.
1: Do people, rec- like, ha- think this much about table surfaces before Instagram? And no. Ta- no. Would that I mean, for both of I mean, you, it was, yeah. like...
4: It was basically you had, like, marble, right. which is, like, and really like, fancy. It's the and fancy every, stuff, right. yeah. And you can get it. So you just, like, went to the Bowery and you got, like, either wood or... Or, I mean, I mean, for so long, also, people were doing the paper, the butcher block, uh, the right. butcher paper yeah, to cover your surface. surface.
1: Right. Or the white tablecloth, obviously, if you're in a right. dining establishment. So
4: but. now people don't use the, table, the paper anymore. Yeah. But some people are
2: using placemats because with Instagram, you can get your brand in the photo really easily. Smart. Or posters,
1: Interesting. Which is a smart. Yeah. That is smart. Way to go, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, more casual places are putting down placemats just so they can put their branding there. Is it just
3: for casual places, or do you think? I had
1: heard a story about a Danny Meyer restaurant that once they did
2: that, it really increased the amount of people going to the restaurant. What restaurant
4: was it? I can't
2: remember, but I do remember people saying, because all of a sudden the name was all over Instagram. I mean, you could
3: easily have an embossed leather placemat as well as a paper one from the Commodore, you know? Exactly,
2: or a coaster.
1: Right. Cluster is a really good way to do it. So from Interesting. A, and you're get, are you getting just people are asking for like I need an Instagram moment in my restaurant. Is that does every client ask for that now? And people you're sort do of like ask just make for the whole space.
2: I do. I yeah. really
1: encourage them against
2: having an Instagram <laughs> moment, and I. The no, no
3: step and repeat can. on the uh, <laughs> <1 AM. laughs> yeah
2: just for you um so we try to i try to stay focused on the design and making it authentic and let's right. see what comes out of it i mean it's it, right. we were also talking about trends and sustainability and i think people should look at the space more of what characters in that space can they keep instead of destroying everything and starting over because there's a lot of waste so the more you think about keeping little moments in the space, all of a sudden that Instagram moment comes out. There's a right. new
3: organically formed, So, so yeah. your
2: point is don't
1: try to create it. Let it like speak for itself. But it yeah. Anything. We
4: did that at, at De Maria we very so much. much we're like, yeah. let's, let's show, because the restaurant had been a couple things prior, we're like, let's show the history of this yeah. place and yeah. all of it's like every beautiful detail that everybody put into it let's just keep it and then simplif- simplify what we're doing and embrace all those all those sort of layers yeah
2: i mean that that was great we had a wall where we took the wine racks off the wall and a lot of the tiles pulled away from the wall so most designers would say let's retile the wall but Camille and I were standing there and I said, why don't I go get one-inch white tiles from Home Depot and we'll fill it in. And Camille said, yeah, let's put a little brass where that doesn't meet the tile. And it was almost like us creating a piece of art together. Yeah. And in the end, it is the thing that everyone comments on. But most restaurant owners would say, oh, no, 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 we can't play with holes in the wall. Let's just be tile <laughs> the wall, you know, right. painted or something.
3: On that, on that note, I think... Um one of the challenges for a lot of young restaurateurs, young chefs coming into it, is budget, obviously. Are there ways, uh, you know, are there s- places that you can save? Are there ways that you can save in doing branding? And in- branding maybe less so, but for interiors, that, that you would recommend that somebody on a, on a tighter budget?
2: Well, I think if you have time... That always can help because then you can look for vintage pieces where you could save right. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you also can look for but not in
3: Manhattan because vintage pieces in Manhattan are like eight times the price. Of- <laughs> uh, no, I right? have great when sources. You have to go to those oh, sources.
2: Yeah. I got to know your sources. <laughs> I'm like no. <laughs> also, I- once you get to know people at right. vintage shops and at the flea market, and you get you're like phone no, number. give me the real price, <laughs> yeah, not yeah, the like exactly, the I price. Do. You're I,
4: trying, you're I always say, what's like- the
1: price for me?
4: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we also like for Navy got a lot of stuff on eBay
3: eBay? Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a turkey and the wolf, who's going to come on the show later in the season, but they have, like, all their plate where He gets on, like, eBay, and it's, like, this, like, yeah. food, you know, it's kind of, like...
3: It's a very 80s sort yeah, of... Yeah, it's, like, cheeky, uh, but it's... Yeah.
1: And he so gets up, like, pennies. I mean, you can get, like, yeah. vintage spoons for pennies, and is there specific stuff that you guys were getting on eBay? We were getting
4: flags, like, um nautical flags from that from eBay. We also did the wall... um in canvas in like old army canvas. Which makes
1: sense for navy, yeah. Yeah.
4: And um yeah I mean I wasn't so involved with the design, but um was there pretty much, you know, throughout yeah. the whole thing. And um
3: What if your aesthetic is more modern? How do you how do you yeah. get it? You're not gonna get it on eBay and you're not gonna get a vintage? Just keeping it
4: super simple. I mean, modern sometimes is very clean and simple Simple. and hyper minimal. Yeah. And then just focusing on one key element that's going to be a little expensive. But also vintage
2: isn't always...
3: So like finding one... Sorry. You can
2: find modern things on vintage. Right.
3: But like finding one space where you want to have something really special and then the other ones you maybe get those white tiles from Home Depot or whatnot, right? Yeah.
1: That's a good. That's good advice. Yeah. It's like investing in one like key statement piece and keeping it all. It's true. You know, I mean, if you true. look at
2: public records, it looks very serene and simple, but the chairs really stand out and they're beautiful. And those come from vintage shop in London,
1: actually. So, cool. Let's take a quick break, and um, we'll come back. With- This episode is brought to you by BentoBox, helping restaurants own their presence, profits and relationships directly through their website. A family-run business in West Hazleton, Pennsylvania wanted to entertain the community at an affordable cost. So in March 2004, they turned the 100-year-old Hersker Theater into a modern cinema where guests could dine while watching a movie. Cinema and Draft House became a classic outing for everyone in town. Cinema and Draft House is one of 5,000 restaurants that drives high-margin revenue directly through their website. Thanks to Bento Box. Visit getbento.com slash opening soon today to get 50% off of your website setup fee. So we're back with Amy and Camille talking about space and design and brand and how it all connects with your food. Um, one thing I, you know, we're in this, one thing I'm curious about from to. To extremely creative people is how do you always create something unique like we're in this place where everything's shared and everything's iterated on but everybody wants to do something that's different so you know from like the food perspective and the design perspective how are you always coming up I with
2: mean, stuff I think it's important to stay curious and to travel and to get out there. Everyone, yeah. um, you know, brags about not taking holidays in New York. And I just think that's really, <laughs> I think sad. that's really sad. sad. Yeah, sure, I think that yeah. is where the most in, mo- most inspiration comes from and where unique ideas come from. Yeah. Um, we do things in my office where we take the team out on a field trip once a month and we go to a museum or the tech director's club or the fabric warehouse or... We just go somewhere, we'll even go to a great vintage shop. It, just get out and the streets of New York are full of inspiration. Um, so it is important to stay curious and travel.
4: Yeah, I think um, traveling is, is really important, but also like just to always remember like what you're connected to mm-hmm. and and trying to give that to the public in a very simple, honest way. Um, I think to have certain ideals, like to just stick to your stick to like what you do and what you're good at and offer that in a very simple way.
1: Yeah, I think that be authentic, basically. Yeah. Which again, is like a that's a theme that comes up a lot on the show too, is being authentic. And yeah, because I do, there is like this whole world where everything is so easily shared that it's hard to know what's what's original and authentic. Exactly. That's why it's important to write down your story and think
2: about it so you stay true to it. Otherwise, it's easily yeah. you're pulled in so many directions. And yeah, part of the creative process is we come up a creat- with a creative direction for the branding. And it's interesting, some people try to just throw in random ideas away from the creative direction, and, and we always pull them back and remind them focus. how we got there. because there it because is, our focus talk. Yeah, yeah that's going to build a really strong brand. No, it's true, yeah.
3: I was going to say, we talked a little bit in, over lunch before, um, and had our own little exercise, but what do you think about naming? Do you ever get people that come to you pre-name, and, and how? Yeah, all the time. Are there things that stay away from, things that are trending? The,
2: well, I don't know. I mean, it's you, very specific and personal, again, naming. But right. it, it's I would never hand naming over fully to an agency. It's a agency. tough exercise. I you mean, really need the stakeholders involved in the naming. I've learned that many times. Right. If you try to do it without the stakeholders, it's never going to get through.
3: Do you have any liability? when? Do people ever come back to you and say, like, that was awful design. <laughs> like, you really <ruined> there <laughs> like, liability? That's, Not yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you had to sign a waiver when you did <laughs> good yet. design. Okay. Any, anything else before we go on the lightning round?
1: No. That's funny, though. No. <laughs> All
3: right. Um, this can be for both, or if someone doesn't want to feel it, you don't have to. Uh, favorite design Price. trend that you've been seeing lately?
2: I love chrome right now. Chrome. I love a sofa with a chrome kick.
3: Like the shiny
2: yeah. chrome? Shiny chrome? Uh, yeah. Interesting. And I have chrome chairs right now on my dining table. Is this response
3: because I feel like brass, and brass yeah, is everywhere? Yeah,
2: brass has been so popular right. for so long. And right, right. More with the 70s. Chrome is and coming back. Chrome is coming back, yeah. Chrome, Chrome is
4: coming um, back. I don't, oh gosh, I don't I feel <laughs> like I don't follow design enough to know, to spot trends on it. I, it's, but it's, it's, I'd like, it's I'd love to know like, what color palettes you're into right now. I'd like, I mean, I feel like the color palettes, I'm like transitioning out of like the rust, the um, like, turmeric yellow uh-huh.
1: thing i know i was so
4: you guys are both yellow, on par. they're
3: both in full they're dana, both in navy
4: <laughs> yeah
1: indigo <laughs> yeah. well that's i mean we're,
3: we're I all gonna
4: start coming <laughs> we're, i feel like we're all gonna start wearing dark colors now that it's getting cold Winter,
2: in new york yes. yeah the
1: yeah. fall transition yeah
4: um but i think um yeah i didn't my color palette now. Yeah, I love
1: your color palettes.
4: I'm not sure yet what okay. that is. I'm not. She's in like, transition, I'm also, just like the season. But okay. also, I'm not in a position where I'm designing right. or helping design. I'm in another place in within my career, so yeah. I'm not really thinking about that too much. I think about you know what I think about is like having a home that's all in cement. Even mm. the furniture is cement, like very Moroccan. And then you put the like cushion, the cushion thing. Mm. And have like the cutouts within the wall and cement. Like I'm thinking of cement
2: sofa. I love a cement yeah. sofa. Yeah,
4: like, I'm thinking cement homes. That's
1: like where I'm at in a design space. It keeps it cool and heated well. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm also thinking
4: of maybe doing something like near an ocean, and it has to feel like it's not gonna blow away, or whatever's in there is not gonna get ruined.
1: I like it. What about design? What about food trends? Or have you seen anything that you're like? Just Seeing over and over again. Natural um, wine. Natural what is it? Wine. Natural. Yeah. Wine. No. yeah. Natural. There's a place called Skin Contact opening down the street from our uh, from our office, and yeah, and sure? our
3: friends Jeremiah and Fabian are doing people's yeah. coming soon as well. Yeah, coming we didn't
1: soon. let Camille answer. We all get
4: excited yeah, about natural
3: wine. <laughs>
1: um,
4: I, I mean, the the whole like adaptogen thing, I think, is really cool, and I think making that into, like, deliciousness. Like, taking, like, real, like, wonderful, powerful healing ingredients and herbs and making them delicious, because they don't come very delicious. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think that that could be a cool trend in food,
2: we need to talk like yeah. I have a client who's focused on that yeah. oh yeah.
1: Amy look doing business here. right also, here also flowers How about flowers There's are big flowers are yeah, flowers are yeah. Future, el, florista. yeah. el florista yeah that's so true we, we I mean there is the flowers on my cucumber salad here yeah. at Roberta's just a moment before we came in that. here did yeah. you guys notice that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: so flowers blossoms bolting herbs that's a trend
1: I love it see you do spot trends
4: to
3: side most overplayed trend. We already talked about brass.
2: Max lamb terrazzo. Oh okay. uh, yeah. Right? Max lamb terrazzo specifically. Because I when, love terrazzo has many forms to explain the, to explain Max people really is the either right? black never... or white. It's a designer and he okay. does either black or white terrazzo. <laughs> he doesn't
3: listen to this podcast. <laughs> I, <Hopefully>. hope <laughs> I hope
2: not. I hope not. But it's over It doesn't oversized. matter. He's rich
3: now anyway because everyone's yeah, got it. Mean, everyone has it
2: so he's good. He's onto something new. I'm sure. I'd love to see what he does next.
4: Um, so, I think mine would be pink. The color pink. You're like. over millennial yeah.
1: pink. Just pink in general. There's restaurants that are fully pink. <laughs> There's a lot
3: There's of There's an entire one in Olita, um, right? That's like pink yeah, out Outside, pink chairs so
1: pink that's the trend that i feel
4: like is so dated already yeah it, it's stuck around for longer than i thought
2: it would well it, it's true and at our agency we really have a ban on pink but uh, pink, yeah. pink is a neutral in many ways and whatever shade you use it well i think what happened with it,
3: the trend was that it also happened at the time that people were paying attention to breaking down gender barriers and the idea yeah, that pink exactly. can be for everyone uh-huh. I think some pink is okay. I, I agree that there's a, an overuse of pink in a lot of places.
2: No, it's a it's a great for that color, reason. So we'll, yeah. we will continue to use it. But yeah. I agree with Camille. You don't want to make something
1: predominantly pink. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, I the pink, a pink and phone, jade. So sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I know I like pink and jade were such like a like jade green. I don't know. Well, I love jade green. I know. I see it a lot. Um, okay, so no pink. There's a ban. What, what about you, what's your? I can use pink.
3: What's that? Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. (laughs)
1: Okay, Alex is is sticking sticking with pink. That's what we just (laughs) (laughs) heard. Until it's going all pink, we're going all pink. Um, What is about your favorite either business or design book?
2: I I have this book called Patterns that I love. Patterns, and it comes from the Design Library in Hudson, which is over seven seven million vintage and antique fabrics. Hmm. And so this is a little taste of that library, and it's a catalog of some of the patterns. Um, and it's cool. beautifully designed. In the ba- the the binding of it has stitching, and obviously endless patterns and inspiration. It's, it's one of my favorites.
4: Um, I like um, this one. Photographer Martin Thompson. He does a lot of interiors, and he's he's. It, they're all just really wonderful. Um, and I love AD Spain too. That's my favorite magazine too. Right. AD Spain so is so good. As in like Architectural
1: Digest, yeah. but, the, but the Spanish, Spanish version. version. Yeah. Interesting. Why specifically the Spanish? I don't know. They <laughs> just right but now. But it's funny that you guys are both
4: like, "No, it's yes,
2: the 80s. only interior design magazine." Oh, it blows subscribe. out any yeah.
4: American one. It, it's
1: That's so good. So funny. Is yeah. was there is there like a secret cult following that knows eighty? Speed? I don't know. That I don't right? know. That's, That's really funny. funny that you guys I had to write like, "Yes,
4: the Spanish no, edition." it's no, just it's done true. so well that it doesn't surprise me that other people feel the same way about it. 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 Yeah, it's, it's the one magazine. When people come on
2: board, I have them go and look at. I want them to see it because if you get a job at the Morris Project, yeah. You will be required. It is required reading. Exactly. It is. It's so funny. I didn't know a lot of other people who are so so passionate about it. Yeah.
1: Look, there we go. Like minds. What about, um, we always like to ask about inspirational leaders in the industry. Anybody you want to shout out? Or it could be in design, it could be in food, it could be in hospitality. It's a hard one. I mean, there's.
2: But there is there um Harry Handelsman in London, he's a developer who's always been a visionary, way ahead of his time when thinking about where to develop and what to develop. He did um Children's Firehouse, oh, which yeah. a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. Um so he has great taste as well. But he's a real visionary and he's very kind and he has great taste and he just kind of has it all and he he has so much confidence as well. Um and he's always been a great support. So I I just always, I wish I could have at early in my career worked under him. Yeah. And someone who really pushed boundaries and was not afraid to do that. And he's still doing that, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. He just opened the Stratford um, just outside of London. And this is an area that is going to be up and coming. And he's done an incredible building there.
1: Cool. Stratford. Camille?
4: Oh, um, I think like... In terms of like inspiring people that are that I would say in New York it's, you know, Diner, Marlowe, that team, um, yeah. Carolyn Fidanza, who was their original chef and mm-hmm. has now come back. Um, I think they're such inspirations on all platforms. Like their design has always been very simple and specific and comfortable yeah. and kind of within their means, which creates this other dynamic which like kind of pushes creativity and simplicity Mm -hmm. um and and that is you know as well as their food like they're so committed to serving this um intentional sustainable style food um so I think they're like a great um, yeah
2: also they're very holistic I always use them as an example of people who really think of everything you know it's what is it? October now? They probably have a check presenter that is telling you about the holiday festivities. You know, they think about that, okay, and that yeah. takes a lot. Right. Of, I mean, in branding, you need to think about that yeah. in August to have it on the table in October. Yeah, right. that's
1: true. So they're very, they
4: are.
2: I mean, very good at thinking about everything,
4: and they've
1: been doing it for so long. For so, I mean, yeah. it's like, diners, has been. It's probably been like 10, 15 years, right? No, they Longer. just.
4: They just. Did their like thirtieth or twenty fifth? No. Yeah. really?
1: Yeah, yeah. um, twenty fifth, maybe twenty fifth, maybe thirty. Wow! Yeah, I didn't realize it is such a cool space. I mean, you still go in and like it's the pretty. small little door. I it is like just yeah, it's yeah. A, the the experience. And that's too, one of those ex- space. yeah,
4: and that's one of those spaces that is that. Just stands the test of
1: time it does. You know it's like yeah, so if you haven't been to diner, you know for those of our, our town people yeah. or Marlowe and Williamsburg, Brooklyn, Alex and I happen to live two blocks from it now everybody Marlo knows where we guys. live, but that's okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and even like the butcher shop, I, we go into Marlowe and daughters pretty much every day, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: it's smart it's a right. smart company, yeah it is cool
3: um, favorite place to seek inspiration for a new project you talked a little bit about going to on field trips and stuff, but is there like one place that and AD
2: Spain as well? Uh, a
3: dark closet, or is it? Like
2: <laughs> there's so many. I mean, there's so many. I feel New York. The streets of New York always provide inspiration. For sure. Um, definitely, the the Type Directors Club is an excellent place to go in um, Cooper Union Square. It's just so much inspiration there. Um, There are materials, libraries in New York City that are great. All the museums always have exhibits. I mean, the Brooklyn Museum, the uh, Pierre Cardin exhibit, Mm -hmm. is a great one to stop into and is inspiring some work we're doing right now.
4: Um, For food, for me, I think Montreal is so good. Um, It's got the most amazing food scene right now. Um, Also natural wine <laughs>
3: uh,
4: um, I think it's so delicious stand um, a spots s- there that- um, yeah like live in Papillon and I love Larry's I think it's like the smartest restaurant um, and it's and, and for a New Yorker you take a plane it's 45 minutes yeah. and your experience is so European there I Need to go, and the food yeah. is so good so good, like they actually just
1: care so much about food culture and community. You that, just sold me. Are you like? Are you endorsed by the tourism board? Of Montreal? <laughs> Montreal. I'm just tourism. kidding. But yeah, no, I mean it does. It's, it's a great yeah. trip,
4: and I'm always very inspired um,
1: f- by by food for about food there. Cool, that's a good tip. All right, so Announcements. 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 Um with this is our chance to shout out restaurants or friends opening soon. Any I know Amy has a list. <laughs> she's do. like, I'm calling it's, her out, she's hey, giving me the side minutes,
2: eye. So. Amy, <laughs> yeah, we only have a few I have have a list. I'm hoping Alex will edit it this <laughs> list. Um
4: if I can even see it can can we
1: while she's uh <laughs> anybody you have opening soon?
4: Um I do, but I don't have the, the name of the place. Um I know Scars is opening in midtown. That's a they are? Yeah. How
3: how do we not get the lowdown on this <laughs> yeah. I know you Around know we point. still scars. order scars
1: every single Friday at Till at HQ. Oh gee,
3: scars. I'm, yeah. yeah we love
4: so I,
1: I just saw him the other day and I was like
4: you know I haven't been by in a while I know you're a an Scar like, fan too everyone's like yeah why are you on hiatus I'm like every time I go there there's a the huge line, line
3: out yes. the door, yeah. out so the same door. concept I know so I top. lost
4: a lot of weight because I'm not eating it <laughs> <so> much. <laughs> it's so good
2: well good for them yeah. that's great give me what you got alright well I'm going to use Camila to help me here because uh, you want to s- say that in uh, Spanish
4: Murci- Murcilagos?
2: yeah that's a new Mezcal bar Ooh. in Mexico City by Ooh. Gonzalo gout and Enrique Vera oh cool yeah so check it out when you're there and then, then in London floor you, right? you perfectly okay. um, in London floor which is James Lowe's new bakery wine bar Very exciting. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm
1: re- yeah that's it's
2: great and Pam yeah. Young is there who's you know, oh, was from, with uh, yeah, at the Chad Hotel. Robertson and yeah. then he she also had um, her own simoleon. Yeah. Um, Let's see, then Peg in Hackney in London is fairly new and a great spot. Uh, Snack Bar in London as well is is, uh, three floors. It's co-working, it's cafe, it's fermentation. Check that out.
1: Fermentation and a cafe. Yeah,
2: they have everything. Um, (laughs) Houston Sweet Green just opened in Houston, so check it out in in, uh, Montrose. And then next week in New York, uh, Cosmico. Tammy and Felipe from right. Clona right. Verde oh, okay. opening a wine bar. Where National is that one? Which it's neighborhood? It's at the National Sawdust.
1: Oh, cool! Oh, in the okay. Yeah, the in side. There's a skinny side yeah, yeah. bar. It's going
2: to be a wine bar with a uh, small bites. Cool. Yeah, definitely check
1: that out. Awesome! And then also the Riddler Jen Palka. She um, is opening in the West Village. I think tomorrow is technically their first day, which I'm really excited Steady. about. We did some awesome. Um, Cool, like chore coats for them, and oh, nice. yeah, they have like an all women team, and oh, great. Um, and a lot, a lot of, and it was good all. Food funded. It's all funded by women. And owned by yeah. women. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and she is, this is her second. So she has one in San Francisco and then this is the New York, so she's like bi-coastal right now and um, it's it's cool. It's, I'm excited it's to see great. it come to fruition. And then Lola Taverna just opened on 6th and Prince, which was submitted by her friends, John o. Pandolfi. And they um, did some really cool stuff. They did like huge planters for them. And, like really. So I thought nice. it was like a fun thing to talk about with design that you can get your ceramicists involved too.
3: This is the season for openings, Season
1: for, uh, yeah, fall. Get ready to eat. Uh,
3: Special thanks again, guys, for being here to Amy and to Camille. Thank you. Uh, We'll post a wrap-up of today's show on our blog and uh, pick out some highlights, and we'll also send it out on email. So if you're not already on our list, then now is the time to get on the list. Um, How do we find you guys on social website if people want to? Uh, blah, blah. Social
2: Morris Project NYC is the business okay. and Amy Morris is
4: my personal cool and I'm at Camille Basara
3: cool um, if you um, enjoyed what you heard today then make sure and go back and check out any old episodes. Next week, we're going to be talking with Chef Sean Brock about bringing wellness into your restaurant. And that'll be a special uh, live taping that we're going to do at ICC. So that's really exciting. And uh, for us, you can follow us at We Are Opening Soon at till at NYC. And obviously, you can get the podcast on your podcast apps or on Heritage Radio. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
1: Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better,